Hi, this is Shema Kibani, and you're listening to Leadership Biz Cafe. Hi, everyone. This is Tavi Nasir, and on today's episode of Leadership Biz Cafe, I'll be talking with Shama Kabani. Shama is an international speaker, a best-selling author, and the award-winning CEO of the Marketing Zen Group, a global online marketing and PR firm. Fast Company has called Shama an online marketing shaman, while Entrepreneur Magazine refers to her as the Zen Master of Marketing. A second edition of her best-selling book. The Zen of Social Media Marketing was recently released, providing additional practical advice and information on how to successfully employ marketing strategies on the various social media platforms. Hi, Shama. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Now, over the last year, there's certainly been a growing understanding of the necessity for businesses to adopt social media as part of their marketing uh, and communications platforms. Now, what have you found in your experience is the biggest roadblock keeping most organizations out of the social media arena? I think the biggest roadblock for most organizations is that they still don't get it in the sense that you know they they hear about Facebook and Twitter and they might even think some of this stuff is cool, but I think as far as how does this fit in to how they've been doing business, how does it fit into the bigger framework of uh, business overall and and marketing specifically, I think that's an enigma to most organizations. Um, and uh, you know, some of them are struggling to figure figure it out. Others have have managed to figure it out. And I think you know, because of its because of its inherent nature, there's also a lot of people who are scared of it because there is such a component of giving up control of um, of you know, as media has become uh, democratized, you have a lot of um, the way your consumers interact with you online, that's changed too. And so, frankly, that's scary for a lot of people. I think part of the problem also is that there doesn't seem to be any clear sense or idea of what businesses should realistically expect to accomplish in using social media. Uh, In your book, you actually discuss and point out that there's a specific conversion businesses should aim to achieve, which I found most businesses are not using as their goal. So could you share what kind of conversions businesses should be aiming to create and how can this benefit them? And that's an excellent question. There is this misnomer of if I throw up a Facebook page, I'm going to get, you know, all these people rushing to my door to buy or, you know, I tweeted. So where are the customers? And that's just not how social media works. And so the conversions that we talk about are uh, there's really two type of conversions that happen on the web. One is where someone converts into a customer or a client, they become a buyer. But so often, and often the first step before someone take, you know, becomes a customer or client is that they become a consumer of your information. They consume your information, they give you permission to interact with them online. And it really is the first step in a very attention-starved universe. <laughs> um, so that's a great metric for businesses to look at. How are we attracting people? How are we telling our story? How do we get them to sign up for our newsletter, subscribe to our blog, follow us on Twitter? How do you even get people to give you the time of day? And that's that's where social media plays 
a huge role. Now, that's not the only role, but it really does help in understanding how it works uh, within the greater framework. Right. Now, you mentioned using it to uh, draw people into our blogs and our newsletters. And, and that's a point that you make in your book that really should be stressed here. And that is your presence on these various social media outlets shouldn't be your online outpost, but that you should have your own website where people can learn more about your organization and its offerings and how to connect with you offline. For example, just this week, I came upon two businesses where their only presence is on Twitter or Facebook. So if you can't find the information you need, the only way to contact them is to write on their wall or send them a tweet. So can you explain to our listeners why this isn't advisable as an online business tactic? Yeah, and that's a good question. And there's really two reasons. One is, I'll start with a smaller reason. The smaller reason really is that it limits you on what you can do. Uh, well, Twitter or Facebook, these are great places to start a relationship. It's not a way to build that, to educate people, uh, to, to have that long-lasting impact. You need your own site on the web. The second reason, and, and really the greater reason of the two, is the fact that you don't own Twitter or Facebook, generally speaking. And so, you know, what is what Facebook is today may not be tomorrow. We've seen a lot of people, we have a lot of people who come to us, uh, you know, and they say, oh, my God, I lost my, um, you know, I lost my page. Facebook pulled it or something happened or you know, things like this happen. But when you have your own website, you have a lot more control over what you are putting out there. Um, that is your official home on the web. And so while these other places are great to network and meet and connect with consumers and give them, really um, think of these places as welcome mats. But you've got to have some place to take them home to. And that has to be your website. Exactly. And, you know, just to pull into another part of the puzzle as to why businesses are not really getting involved in social media uh, is the whole issue about whether or not they need to have a social media policy. I mean, some will argue that having such a policy defeats the purpose of social media because you're limiting or forcing what your employees share or communicate online, while others will argue that this is important to ensuring your employees represent your organization in the proper light. Uh, you dedicate a chapter to this issue, and you provide a list of points for organizations to consider with regards to it. But I particularly like the statement you make that the purpose of any social media policy should be to ensure responsibility and accountability in how your organization's image is represented. So how would this work? How could organizations go about creating that kind of a policy or approach? A policy is much more to do even with common sense and branding rather than uh, when people think policies, they think it should be a 30, 40 page document restricting you know, every tweet. And that, that doesn't work well and that can backfire, but having a general set of guidelines can not only help people externally, but really help your team internally figure out what it is that you're trying to do and aligning your brand values together. That makes a difference. Um, for example, I've seen, you know, school districts do a really good job. And I think I mentioned this example in the book that says, you know, here's your Facebook page. Here's what we'll accept. Here's what we will delete immediately. Um, this also helps because it prevents people from saying you're censoring things or you're deleting things that are unsavory um, or critical. Because what you're really hoping to do is build up that trust, but you want to do it in a ways where you've laid, out, laid the ground rules first. So let's say that someone does post something vulgar or insulting, and that is not in line with what you're trying to do. You have the power to delete it because you, you know you stated that clearly in the policy to begin with. So in a way, it really is a great tool 
um, to help you align, but also to protect you in situations that can that can come up. Right. I mean, you mentioned schools, and I agree with you. I've noticed that schools do tend to have a very good handle on how to balance, you know, what they tell the students is appropriate to share and so forth while respecting uh, the students' ability to express themselves and express their individuality. And I, I sometimes wonder that probably a lot of reason why there's this lot of hemming and hawing about the necessities policy stems from the fact that, you know, most of these organizations are still run by non-digital natives who, unlike the millennial and the younger generations, you know, they weren't brought up in a technologically driven communications world. And so naturally, there's a bit of apprehension about communicating in a fashion that's not natural. It's not something that's one of the things that we're used to communicating as. And Maybe that's also one of the reasons why there's a lot of deliberation of how to tread carefully in approaching these outlets. I think this is very new to to many of us, even millennials who've grown up with this technology. Uh, and as a society, we're creating a lot of the rules. You know, it's it's not unlike email etiquette was back in the day, where you looked at what was appropriate to post. I mean, so it took us a while as a society to to get into it and say, you know what, we're not going to hit forward on every email that comes into your inbox. That may not be the best idea. Um, so I think for a lot of social media, too, we're making up the rules as we go along to say, what do we as a society deem acceptable and where do we draw the line? That whole notion you make about where to draw the line, what do we consider as acceptable or not, it leads to the other question mark that I think a lot of business leaders struggle with when it comes to social media. And that is whether their organizations should outsource their social media efforts or keep it in-house. Uh, over the last couple of months, we've seen that odd incident where, you know, a marketing agency that was assigned responsibility to, you know, update the Twitter stream or Facebook page will put out something, you know, the employee thinking that they're using their company's account, but it's actually the client's account. And then there's all this backpedaling and trying to clean up the mess sort of a thing. But at the same time, it kind of introduces that quandary then of, if people are approaching these accounts saying, okay, I'm, I'm interacting with someone from the business, but then if it's someone from a third party, then am I really engaging with that organization? And is the organization really exhibiting what is their culture, what is their values uh, with the public so they get a better understanding of what they're about? I believe so, because I mean, if you take that argument, you could also stretch it to say, you know, unless we're talking to the CEO or <laughs> or the founders, you know, then then everyone else, you know, does that really matter? And, and I don't think that's necessarily fair. I do think that you should be careful as to who you give, you know, let handle things like your social media accounts. I, a lot of companies do it very successfully working with agencies. I think the key is to understand the bigger goals. Uh, make sure that you're working together. And I feel like as long as that agency has the blessing of the company to say, you know, we're, we're, we're in line, we understand what we're doing, the information is still obviously coming from the company and you have your goals. Uh, you know, so for example, a business says, I want to be helpful and we want to provide information and customer service online, but we don't have the in-house resources. It's a great idea to find an agency that will handle that as long as they understand your values and they understand what you're trying to accomplish because it's a win-win. It's a win for the company because they've found someone who can help them. Uh, and it's a win for consumers because now they're getting what they've expected from that company. So I think given that it's a high quality and there's a lot of open communication between the agency and the client, it's certainly doable. And um, it, it's really it's, it's 
it's necessary as companies grow and they may not necessarily always have those resources to handle these things in-house. Right. And it's a good thing you brought up connecting, if you work with a marketing agency, what are the goals you have in using social media so that they know uh, what it is you are trying to accomplish? Because that's another key problem, I think, for a lot of organizations, and that is what you should use to determine if your efforts are successful on social media. It actually mirrors a lot of the similar discussions maybe that were had about five or seven years ago about how to determine if your blogging efforts are paying off. So what should businesses really be measuring as opposed to those shiny objects that you know tend to get a lot of press and everyone gets all excited about? And eventually when they do use that, they find they get discouraged because it's not translating offline in terms of reaching those goals. And I think that's one of the key factors that you hit on is really establishing those goals up front. And a good agency will do that. A good agency won't just say, oh, you want a Facebook page? Here you go. A good agency will work with you and say, okay, why do you want this page? Who will manage this community? Help you really think through some of these um you know, these plans more fully, which you may not, I mean, things that you may not have had the chance to think about. Uh, and a good agency will be able to do that. And then your metrics will be based on those goals. There's a lot to be said about how social media and search are now also playing together. And so the two big areas, though, well, sort of buckets, if you will, would be quantitative and qualitative. Quantitative are the numbers, you know, things that you can measure. How many more visitors did you get? How many more leads? How many sales? These are actual metrics, numbers that you can look at, um, measure tangible. And then you have qualitative, which can sometimes be more powerful than the quantitative. And that's more about what are people saying? What does that brand reputation look like? When someone Googles you, what do they find? These things make up a digital footprint of a company. And they can be just as powerful because word of mouth is uh, – is, as we know, has been proven to be very powerful, and that can't always be tracked in a very linear way. So we have to get creative. We have to do overlap how business is growing with how social media efforts are contributing to it. So it's not always a direct shot, uh, but you know, but you can certainly there's certainly correlation there. So now, Chama, to tie all these points that we've been discussing into a nice bow here, what would you say uh, are the key points? leaders should take note of to ensure their organizations succeed in the social media space? Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I guess if I was to just name a few, one, I would say really understand what the goals are for the company. What is it, you know, it's hard to say, let's do social media for the sake of it. Figure out what is it that you're trying to accomplish and see if social media is a fit. How do you utilize and, and tie in these channels? Two, I'd say get buy-in from the other people in the company. The chances of success when a company believes in what they're doing and are committed to it skyrocket versus companies that are, you know, you've got maybe uh, the CMO on board, but the CEO doesn't really feel it. So they question everything the CMO does. And there's a lot of tension there. And, you know, good things, it's very hard for good things to come about that. So you want to make sure that you have buy-in and other people within your organization understand what it is you're trying to do. And third, you certainly want to seek out the expertise if you don't have it in-house to make sure that you've got a plan of action. But beyond just getting these things up, maintaining it, ongoing community engagement. So you've got to be able to, as I think all leaders have to have, that short-term vision, but also the long-term vision. To end off, Shama, I want to tap into your experience and your expertise and ask you, what emerging trends 
Uh, in social media, should organizations be on the lookout for? What evolutions or changes do you foresee on the horizon as more people adopt social media and as more platforms come out which people can use to interact, share, and curate? Integration is really the number one thing that I would say that people need to look at. What I mean by that is, you know, the next big thing isn't necessarily the next Facebook or the next Twitter or you know, a site. It's much more how we use technology. I think we will see a more increase in mindfulness about how we interact with the tools that we interact with. I think there's a huge rise where social media doesn't work in a bubble. SEO, social media, PR, web, when all these pieces work together, that's when you get the best ROI. That's when you really can see things succeed. Like Google just made their announcement that now Google Local is Google Plus Local. So you know they're pulling everything under this Google Plus umbrella, which is great. But I think we see more of this. We're going to see you know, it's going to be hard to say where does search and social begin, mobile, you know, and so social end and mobile begin. These integrations, this is what really the future is, um, where it's much more seamless. And that means that, yes, it's going to be that much more hard to track, but it's going to be that much more efficient. Well, I think that's a great point. I love that idea that it's going to be less about the tools we use and more about what we want to accomplish. I think that's a really great point. Well, Shama, I really enjoyed reading your book. It's so straightforward, and there's some great strategies in there and practical advice on how to use the various popular platforms. And I especially like how you explain the whys of, and the necessities of it, which, frankly, I think it applies, like you said, it's going to be less about the tool and more about the approach and the end goal. And I really appreciate you taking the time to discuss social media and its importance in today's business world. My pleasure. Thank you so much. I, this was a great conversation. You asked some great questions, and I appreciate that. Well, thanks, Shama. I'm glad to hear it, and I appreciate it. I've been talking with Shama Kabani about her book, The Zen of Social Media Marketing. To learn more about Shama's book and her company, visit the webpage for this episode at tanvinasir.com. And that concludes this episode of Leadership Biz Cafe. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And as always, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what we discussed in this episode, as well as the topics you'd like to hear in future episodes of this show. You could do this by leaving a comment on this episode's webpage or by filling out the contact form at tavernasir.com. Until next time, this is Tavernasir. Thanks, everyone, for listening.